The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I have been working like a slave for you. And I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. 
Today's gospel gives us probably the most well-known parable in the New Testament, the story of the prodigal son. But there are some, and I'm one of them, who thinks that that is not a good name for it because it focuses too much only on the younger son. So I have heard people call it the parable of the man with two sons. And that's okay, except it only focuses on the sons. So I think a better name would be the parable of the prodigal father. Because prodigal means extravagantly reckless, recklessly extravagant. That's what it means. And it is true that the younger son was recklessly extravagant with his inheritance and wasted it all. But the father, the father was even more recklessly extravagant with his forgiveness and his invitation and his love. His forgiveness of his younger son, his invitation to his older son, and his love. In first century Palestine, a son saying to a father, uh, give me my share of the inheritance, when he's still living, would be about the equivalent of saying, look, you are dead to me. You are of no use to me. A relationship with you is not in the picture. All I want is my share of your property. And what a self-respecting first century father would have done was to disown him immediately. End of story, no more parable. But that is not what happens in the story. This father, even though he knows the son's temperament and that he's probably going to waste the money, he still gives it to him anyway. He loves him enough to give him his freedom. And then apparently, the father goes and spends most of his time on the patio on the rooftop where he can scan the horizon looking for some trace of his son coming back to him, hoping against hope. That is recklessly extravagant love. When the wayward son does return, his father is moved with compassion. And he runs down the stairs and he runs down the road. Again, what a self-respecting father would never have done. And he embraces and kisses his son before the son can even give his well-rehearsed speech. This father wants nothing more than to return his son to the joyful, embracing, celebrating family. He has no interest in making him grovel to get it. The father delights in the son 
and he wants the son to delight in him. So now we have the hardworking elder son who is also resentful and angry and refusing to come in to the party. By Jewish inheritance laws, this son, the older son, will inherit two-thirds of his dad's property, whereas his younger brother gets only a third. The oldest son is important, is honored, is more powerful than the younger son. And yet, and yet, he wants to see his brother grovel. He wants to hear him cry and say, I was so wrong. I should never have asked for my inheritance. I should never have gone away to a far land. I have given up the right to even be called a son. And he wants his foolish little brother to move into the slaves' quarters and serve the family in that capacity, at least for a little while, because that would teach him, that would show him what it was he gave up. That's what the older boy wants. It would show him the value of what he threw away, because this is what the older brother stayed home and worked for. You see the injury there. It's important enough for the older brother to stay, but no, no, the little brother has got to run off. How human is that, right? How human is that kind of a response? It, it, it's what the younger son expected from the father. It's what he got, had, his, had his speech all prepared for. It's so human. How often have we been treated that way by someone who feels hurt? They want to see us pay for that. And if we're honest, maybe sometimes we have felt that way too when we were injured. It's very human. But that is not justice. That is retribution. That is really revenge. To make the other pay for what they did. And that's not what God wants. God's justice is always restorative. God desires the salvation of the oppressors as well as the salvation of the oppressed. And that's hard for us. That is hard for humans. God delights in us and wants us to delight in God because God loves everyone the same. Regardless of circumstance, regardless of what they've done, God loves everyone the same. There is nothing we can do to make God love us any less. 
and there's nothing we can do to make God love us more. That's kind of freeing, right? That's good news. And that is recklessly extravagant love. So the father in this story is not satisfied then to leave the older son standing outside the party, stewing in anger and resentment that's going to eat him from the inside out. No, he wants that son celebrating too. And so he comes out, he leaves his guest in the party, and begs his older son. You can guess, once again, not something a self-respecting father would do in that time. Recklessly extravagant love for both sons. I like it that this story does not tell us what the older son chooses. I like that because Jesus in his storytelling is making room for minds and hearts to change. Always making room, always welcoming home. 